Hello everyone and welcome back to Latter Day Takes. On today's episode, we have an awesome guest, Darby Maloney, TikTok star extraordinaire. She is TikTok famous, everybody, and she is on this podcast and I cannot be more excited to have her. The conversation was great. I think you all will appreciate what she has to say. And I kind of get into this a little bit later in the episode, but she put out a video that kind of went, I mean, she goes viral, I think, every other day. I don't know what viral actually means. I don't know what the threshold for being viral is anymore, but she has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of views, some of them in the hundreds of thousands of views on her TikTok, so that should tell you something. This one went viral for some of the wrong reasons. People went after her. They're like, oh, she's a bad person, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's really, really stupid. Um, like I said, we get into all that. Uh, but first, can I give you a little bit of a news update, right? I just kind of tell you about the segments, give you a news update, go through kind of like the topics of the last week, so to speak. But then I end it with my Mount Whitney experience, which was quite the experience. Um, it's something that I've been liking to, you know, I've, I've been sharing it here and there. I just got back like a few days ago. So it was a wild time. Very, 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 very physically taxing. I get into the details of that and the things that I learned and kind of the spiritual gospel components that fit into some of that. So I hope you all find that interesting. That is at the end, um, but it's going to be a jam-packed episode today. So hope you all appreciate it. Hope you all are having a good week. It's Wednesday, so let's finish out this week strong. What do you say, huh? Let's get ready and gear up for a nice weekend. It, we're we're almost getting out. I know I mentioned this before. Almost getting out of pickleball weather because it's becoming too hot. You're gonna have to play pickleball at nine at night under the lights in the summertime. Anyway, summer nights are awesome in Utah, so that shouldn't be too bad. Love you all. Hope you all are having a good time. We'll get to the uh, rest of the episode, but first, we're gonna kick it to Joseph Rogan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the Mormons were the crackdowns. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter day Saints. All right, time for a news update. Wednesday hump day near the end of June. We just had the longest day of the year. It was beautiful. I hope you got to spend some time outside. It was actually really, it really was pretty because it wasn't particularly hot. And you got to see the sunset for a long time. It was well after 10 o'clock when you could see, still see the silhouette of the mountains that it was setting behind. It was really beautiful. Hope you got to enjoy it. I certainly did. With that, I think I just want to get right into the news. Let's uh, let's get some updates out there, right? All right. So I do want to say real quick, um, I hiked Mount Whitney, you know, and uh, I want to give a recap of that at the end of the episode. Uh, and there's going to be a reason for that, I think. So you'll see why. Uh, we'll we'll uh, have Darby's interview, which was really interesting. Obviously, I'm 
Um, no, no matter what, I'm always going to say that, right? I would never post anything I didn't think was interesting, but that goes without saying. But this one was particularly interesting because it was kind of a side of the social media, you know, internet part, like that neighborhood that I'm not familiar with. So I was, I was riveted by it. I thought it was fascinating, and she had some enlightening moments, that's for sure. Anyway, I do hope you enjoy that, obviously. But so I hiked Mount Winnie. That recap will come at the end of the episode. Uh, some current events, some news. The big one for me was that they just came out the church. I mean, I thought it was big. I thought it was cool that you don't have to make an appointment for the temple anymore. I thought that was kind of nice. I've been uh, making more of an effort to go to the temple to not just have a temple to recommend, but to have one and use it, right? Use it as a tool, not a destination, something I've been talking about a little bit lately. And you can just show up to temples again. So that's nice. Uh, with that said, setting an appointment is not hard at all. And I think I'm just going to keep doing it anyway, because just, I don't know, reserves your spot, whatever. I don't even really know how they keep track of that, but it works. Not a big deal. Uh, other news. Elon Musk is like a Republican now, I guess. <laughs> I think he announced that last week. He might have even announced that like before. I mean, he didn't necessarily say I'm a Republican, but the first time he voted Republican was just a week or two ago. I want to say it was two weeks ago. Texas 34. Maya Flores. Flores won that district. Um, a Hispanic woman. Republican. He voted for her. I didn't even know he could vote in the Texas 34 race, but apparently he has some citizenship around there. Um, they hadn't elected a Republican in that area for, I think, what the what they said was like 200 years, over 200 years. So it was a really, really big deal. Very, very heavily Democratic area, typically and historically. But kind of goes to show how the winds are changing, maybe shifting a little bit. If that's not a bellwether election... I'm not sure what is. And for those that aren't aware, bellwether is just kind of what those those elections that precede kind of what the temperament is coming down the line. A lot of people are saying that is a huge indication that there's going to be a massive red wave coming in November. Needless to say, it will be interesting. So watch for that. But that was a big deal that had happened. And Elon Musk has been saying that he's basically Republican. He, he even stumps for DeSantis openly. He says 2024, his uh, ideal candidate would be DeSantis. Uh, yeah, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with that quite, quite personally, but, um, inflation continues doesn't, doesn't seem like it's slowing down much. Gas prices are soaring. Also not slowing down a lot. I mean, I was in California not too long ago, obviously with the Mountain Whitney experience. And I think it was like seven fifty a gallon in some places. It was just insane. It's kind of a crazy time right now and it may get crazier because rumor has it uh, the Fed is going to do just about everything I can to slow down inflation, which means rates still get raised. That way they can try and slow down lending as much as possible. Try to even the scale there a little bit. Uh, so it may not, I mean, some people are talking about like a couple year recession, which I think at that point it probably turns into a depression. I don't really know. Um, hopefully we're more prepared this time around than they seem to have been back in 29 and into the thirties. We'll see. It'll be interesting, to say the least. Um, very, very recent, or very, very current event. President Biden is is uh, going to urge uh, the government. He's going to try and do a gas tax holiday. For those that aren't familiar with that, what it is is that basically the federal government stops charging gas companies taxes. So it will alleviate some of ta- for some of the gas costs. Uh, at least temporarily, and we'll see kind of what happens there. So there will be a pullback in gas prices, it looks like, if this goes through. 
Um, but it just more than anything it is a strong indication that they're kind of pulling out all the stops possible. They're grasping at straws here. Anyway, so we'll see how that all plays out. But that's it for the news updates. With that, we will go ahead and toss it to my interview with Darby Maloney. Durbin Malonester is her TikTok name. And what you're going to hear on the other side is the video that she posted. I talked about this a little bit last week. She posted a video that, I mean, she's she's already pretty well known. I think she has over like 200,000 followers on TikTok, which is no small dice. She's starting to get sponsorships, things like that. Like, it's pretty cool to see. Um, Very down-to-earth girl. Very, very fun and easy to talk to, per usual, right? Um, And she talks about this video that she posted that kind of blew up in the wrong way. Like people took it and were like, Oh, how dare she? And we get into all of that. Um, what you're going to hear initially is the video that she posted. You're just going to hear it. And it's, you're going to think it's like pretty innocuous. Like, and the scene just to set this for you is Darby at the pool with her friend. They're in their swimming suits. Uh, I think Darby's literally in the pool, but they both got laptops and they're working. They're just at a resort, but they're working and she's, filming them filming themselves and she's like this is what i do as a as a product manager you know just kind of make sure things run on time and that the logistics behind this is all okay and she works with engineers and she works with um designers and things like that and so and she gives major credit to them too like she's not she's not tooting her own horn she's not dogging anybody that she works with like it's very straightforward stuff and she's just like hey this is what i do and she has a strong tiktok following so she's like maybe y'all should know like this is this is what i do tiktok is not the only thing I do in life. And she goes to explain all that. Really, I like I said, very innocuous. Like nothing nothing sticks out as weird. When I first saw it, I didn't even know she was dating one of my good friends. It was more just that I thought it was just a video of a girl showing what she does by the pool. And I'm like, okay, what's the problem? Anyway, like I said, we get into all that. That's just to set the scene. You're going to hear that audio just so you kind of have full context of what was said. And then Darby comes on, and we chat about it. And I hope you find it as interesting as I did. I certainly did. Darby had some interesting things to say, stuff that she's learned, stuff that she kind of the emotions she went through, feeling all this and everything. And it's, uh, anyway, hope you all enjoy it. We'll catch you on the other side where I'll give my recap of Mount Whitney. My coworkers keep saying I need to make like a tech tiktok because if you look at my tiktok you'd never guess i have a job <laughs> so um anyways this is our current workstation callie and i are what you call product managers callie what is your team over my team is over reporting and internal tools and i am over what we call card experience so we work on like anything from activating your credit card to freezing reissue, shipping, all the good stuff. Um, what's a PM? <laughs> um, we help prioritize and um, help the engineers stay on track and help them know what to build so that you have a product to use. Yeah, exactly. So you might have a team, like the engineers actually do the developing, the coding, which is the impressive part. Um, designers also do the impressive part, which is everything you see when you're in a software. Product managers essentially decide what the team's going to work on, do competitive research, um, prioritize bugs, keep everyone focused, motivated, and driving towards business outcomes. So that's what we do. 
and uh, we work from home, which means you work from the internet. So this is our office today. Thanks for tuning in. I hope all you coworkers are happy. I'm branching out into the tech niche. Joining me today on the podcast is somebody that I mentioned last week on the episode that I would get to talk to her. She's basically a TikTok star, famous TikTok influencer. <laughs> is that what they say these days? Uh, yeah, it depends on who you ask, I guess, if, if I'm a star or not, but I'll take it. <laughs> You'll take it. What do you tell people when you're on TikTok? Um, I try not to, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's more like... A, Oh, yeah, I just, it's fun. Make some videos, yeah. you know. So the name again on TikTok is at Durbin Mal- Malone Stir. Malone Stir, which I do like. I like the yep. Malone Stir. That makes me think of Carmelone <laughs> for some reason. But um, Darby Maloney being the actual name. So just kind of a variation of that. Yep. And you, so what was funny, and now full disclosure, I'll talk to, I'll tell my listeners about this. We had first recorded this or started recording this a few hours ago, but the platform I use just decided to stop working for whatever reason and we were having some real technical difficulties with it we had about five minutes under our belt was all which is fortunate that it was just that but we had kind of talked about the concoction of your TikTok and how you kind of started it kind of on a whim and you meant to specifically be hidden like you didn't want anybody Mm -hmm. to find you and that's why you called it Durban Malonester um, yep. Just kind of variation. You didn't really want your friends to find you. And then over time, your friends started to find you because one of your videos actually kind of went, you know, semi-viral, I guess. I don't really know how viral works. Now, I don't know what the threshold is for what when something becomes viral or not. But it was a video that you had recorded of one of your friends who was doing kind of like, it was almost as if he was in an NBA lineup, like one of the starting five to the music mm-hmm. on a boat before he jumped into the water. And that just blew up. And yep, the funniest part of that is who you're dating now, Sean. I saw him do that same video. Yeah. Yep. And he, so he had done that same video. We didn't even know each other. I'd never seen his video. I actually don't know who posted it first. Yeah, that's something we need to find out, by the way. I know. I should have looked that up in between. Oh, no worries. No, it's a work day. You're good. But, uh, yeah, he, he did the same video and then was showing me, uh, fast forward a year and a half, we've met now. I'm like, I have a video doing that. That was my first viral TikTok, and it was just kind of funny. That is so funny. So maybe, maybe my friend saw his first. Maybe he saw mine. I'm not going to lie. Once know. I saw Sean's, I was like, I want to do that sometime. <laughs> like, it was a great it's idea. It's fun. It, yeah. it was very fun. Yeah, it builds a lot of hype. So yeah, it totally I would recommend. Um, so let's. I, one thing I was about to ask you before the platform totally messed us up is because the stuff you post is just kind of like everyday things. It's just kind of like, hey, like I'm just sharing my life. And like you had said, you had mentioned this before, that video, you think video is kind of the best way to encapsulate a memory, mm-hmm. um, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have basically every every sense playing out, right? You have vision, hearing, mm-hmm. but you don't have smell and taste, I guess, so maybe not. But, you know, more than just yeah. a picture, right? More than just a still picture. Um, and so I totally get where you're coming from. But... What was funny is that as you started to grow, you probably started to get scrutinized a little bit more. And sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit. The video I wanted to ask you about was something that I thought, as I was kind of perusing through your TikTok, I needed an explanation for this because you, you posted it without any explanation where you said, told our friends we were going to bed, but then all of a sudden we found ourselves here. 
just by giving you that caption, do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't. That's kind of funny that you don't. That just goes to show, like, your library <laughs> is extensive. Um, it's, you guys were oh, like... Oh, I do. I do in Thailand, and we're in a boxing sounds room. Sounds right. The music fits. Thailand, it looks about right. Yeah, yeah, boxing. Yes. Yes, so I was in Thailand last month with, with some of my friends, and my friend Brooke and I were really tired, and we were like, we're going to go to bed. Everyone was still on the beach hanging out. As we were walking home... There'd been this um, bar that we'd passed several times that had a boxing rink in the middle of it. And we were like, let's just pop in and see what it's about. Uh, so we walked in and then we thought, well, I wonder if they'd let us fight each other. And uh, they did. And then the next thing you know, we're texting our friends saying, come here quick. And they didn't make it to like the middle of the second round. And there were three rounds. But we ended up in the, in the rink fighting each other and we decided if we're doing this we're going full out and I got destroyed but it was very very fun <laughs> I don't think I'd ever do it again but it was really fun <laughs> so, and it looked like it was like it wasn't just boxing too it looked like like you were kicking too like there was some kicking going on yeah there weren't really any rules that we were given so we were just right? throwing what we could yeah checks out for Thailand kick. I think <laughs> yeah so we were definitely kicking, kicking and punching. We had gloves on. We we put on the same sweaty socks that every boxer before oh, had gosh. worn. It was, yeah, I ended up getting sick after that, and I think it was from that, but it was very Post-COVID fun. protocols. Yeah. Like they're keeping it fine-tuned over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely not. <laughs> so which, were you surprised that your friend took you out easily, or were you kind of like half expecting? I was. I actually thought we were very evenly matched, and I, we were not. We were close. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was humbled. How about that? <laughs> hey, that's always good to have that check every now and then. I... Yeah. All right. So the reason why I'm bringing you on, I mean, this is this is something I definitely am excited to get into because not many times you get to talk to somebody who, I don't know what you'd call it, like it's on the brink, not, not on the brink of cancellation because that makes it almost sound like it's inevitable and that you did do something actually wrong. But it's like you've enraged a lot of people that are just looking to be <laughs> angry about something, it seems like. And yeah. I'm actually going to I'm gonna try and grab your... I'll probably have to go to TikTok, do a screen grab or something, and grab the audio and have it play before we do this interview so people know the context. But you're in a pool with a mm-hmm. friend. It looked like... Was it Snowbird? We were in Park City. Park City. It was like a resort, yeah. awesome-looking mm-hmm. area. And you had got your laptops, and you had mentioned... You know, I, my friends keep telling me that I should do, like, a tech... Uh, type TikTok because I never talk about what my job is. Like, people don't think I actually have a real job. And this is what you're kind of going to explaining. It's about a minute long. And you're talking about being a product manager, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all it is is a simple explanation. And what's funny is my own reference to this video was Sean on Twitter. And he had responded to somebody that had tweeted about this video Mm-hmm. And totally criticizing it, being like, this is the problem with the tech sector, and this is why it's all going to crumble. And Sean, and I remember seeing the video, I looked at the video, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. And I remember, no joke, without even seeing Sean's response, I looked at the video, and I was like, I'm kind of missing the point here, I guess. I'm not sure what's so wrong about what I just saw. Yeah. And then I see Sean chime in, and he's like, hey, he's like, I run companies, I said something along these lines, this is a total, total, like, rough version of what he said. He's like, I run companies, like, if somebody's... I don't care where people work. As long as they get the job done, I really don't care. And and I'm in the same exact boat. Like, I have about 10 to 12 employees I oversee. Mm-hmm. As long as I tell them to do something, they could be doing whatever 
or wherever. They could be wherever. I do not care how it gets done. And so I didn't understand why people were enraged. I'm curious. Obviously, you thought it was fairly innocuous. You probably thought it was going to be one of your less seen videos, oh, yeah. period, on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. But what were your what were your what was your first response? Like, when did you know that it was like kind of turning into something all of a sudden? So I put it on TikTok, and generally, I my audience is seventy four percent women, so it was generally positive. But there were a few trolls, you know, that were uh, leaving some sexist comments, and I responded to one on TikTok, and then after that, someone picked it up and put it on Twitter, and that was what that thread that went viral on Twitter. And so that was on, it was on Friday, I think I posted it, and Sunday is when it really took off. And I was very much a roller coaster of emotions that day, because it was originally, oh crap, did I do something wrong? Am I gonna be in trouble? Um, and then after watching it, I'm like, no, this is just pure sexism. Like a lot of this, well, there were two pieces. One was just the sexist hate that was like, these girls are not qualified for their job they should have never been hired yada yada but then the second oh, piece I, was i didn't see you guys flashing your resume on the video i guess i missed that part my bad i know we should have <laughs> yeah. yeah no one no one looked up my qualifications yeah, just, you just didn't just... look up your linkedin or anything right yeah yeah people did actually but i'm pretty sure they did the... actually that's true a lot of it i think a lot of the tweets were tweeted before looking up any sort of oh, as, as they usually are with <laughs> With as yeah. much research as anything is scrutinized these days. <laughs> and then the second piece of it was just a lot of um, engineers hating on product managers in general. Um, and so that was mostly the, the circulation of hate, which which was interesting because it was hit, directed towards me, even though I was never any of their PMs. So it's interesting of like, right. yeah, PMs suck, we hate them, and, and uh, these girls should have never been hired. But... A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of emotions that day. A lot of feeling like I'm going to break the stigma, fight against, you know, women empowerment, and then a lot of, oh, man, I want to hide under a rock. It was definitely back and forth on Sunday. Yeah, I so. bet. I mean, the, the the hardest part about that is that you weren't necessarily, like, you. I mean, you weren't asking for the scrutiny. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. But you weren't even, like, from what I could gather, trying to make a statement like you weren't you weren't trying to say hey no. look at us we can work from anywhere and this is what we choose to do you weren't saying oh look at us like girl power or women power or however you want to say i don't want to come across as misogynist by saying girl I mean, that, <laughs> <maybe something. laughs> but, um, no you're good uh and it, it wasn't anything like that there weren't even undertones of that it was very much mm -hmm. simply hey this is my job i'm kind of just introducing that for the first time which is like Maybe maybe you learned your lesson and you'll never talk about your job again, which would be a shame, and I actually think you should. But not that there was a lesson to learn, by the way. Right, right. And then you get all this feedback. And I've been in positions before because I personally, I like to write. Obviously, I have a podcast. I like to throw my ideas out there. Mm -hmm. And I've written some things that I would never, ever say would even go close to viral on that level. But within my own circles, like a lot of people put their eyes on it they'll read it like one specifically um that comes to mind was a blog post that i wrote about the rainbow why mm -hmm. and it wasn't even i wasn't even necessarily saying specifically like one way or the other what was right what was wrong i was just saying what do we even when, when we're told to be more loving what does that even mean because both sides are very much on different lines 
-hmm. Like both sides can say they're being loving, but nobody's defining that. And that was merely what I was pointing out. And there were a lot of people that came after me for that. Um, and it was fine. Like it, it was a little bit hard at first because I thought, you know, I don't want people attacking my character, attacking my motive or yeah. just assuming whatever they want about me. But at the same time, I had to kind of acknowledge that, you know what, I put myself in a public sphere so here I am. Like, if they're going to come after mm -hmm. me, then so be it. So that was that your first time really being sought out for anything that you've kind of put out there? Yeah. I mean, I've gotten plenty of hate, but it's all been about things that are just funny to me that I put on my TikTok that's just lighthearted and fun. My job is something I really have worked for. And I think, um, you know, there is an element of being a woman in the workplace I know that when I come into the room of all men, I have there is like a feeling of I need to prove myself. I don't think the assumption is this is going to be the star player here, <laughs> like on, right off the bat. I think that's something that's earned um, for everyone, men and women. But I do think there's an element of being a young woman that I have to prove myself a little more. Um, and so that was the most stress that I felt was have I ruined any credibility that I've worked so hard to build within my actual sphere of coworkers, friends, past colleagues, people that know me. Um, people that didn't know me, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Right. But now is it going to be harder for me to apply for a new job? Is that, am I, am I totally, have I totally ruined any credibility that I've spent the last four years trying to build in the workplace? And I haven't, which has been nice. But that on Sunday, that was like the big what if. Um, so I think that was the, the main concern I had. And what's interesting, too, is that video, you made a comment about not bragging, like not being like, look, I'm, I'm in the pool, yeah. yada, yada. But what's what I do think is funny about the reaction to that video is I worked really hard to get into the career I'm in because I wanted the flexible lifestyle that comes with it. I wanted the ability to work wherever I want as long as I get my work done um, and it is interesting how on the internet a lot of reaction to things like that is hate instead of when my intention is if I can do this you can too like if you're willing to work for it this is a job that's out there that you could also look into and maybe pursue um, and it's just so funny to me how people think differently where if I see someone working from the pool I immediately want to know more mm -hmm. and like how can I get into that? But then Twitter took this as, oh, you don't care about your job. You're not. It, yeah. It, I don't know if that made sense. but No, it totally did. Yeah. Just the mindset was so different than how I think that I think I was a little bit shocked that it went that way. Well, I think we're talking about two different types of mentalities here, which is essentially there are two different types of people in the world. And there are those that believe that they're in more power of their fate. And mm -hmm. then there are those that don't. Exactly. And they just feel like this this situation they're in is just what was given to them, what was handed out, and they can't really do anything to change it. And so they're just mad because they, they look at you and they're like, oh, so lucky to be at the pool and working at the same. It's like, no, just make it happen. Make it happen. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. furthermore, on the content of what, like, what, was, what I thought was funny, too, is that as I watched the video again, um, it was very clear. Like, you made it – it was very overt that you were complimenting the engineers – and mm -hmm. I can't remember which other group it was, which other professionals. Designer. They're the designers, yeah. You were specifically mm -hmm. saying how, like, those are, like, the geniuses. Like, those are the people. I, I can't remember which verbiage you used specifically, but it was very, very much like a your positive light type thing. Like, 
these are the people that help keep the lights on and it sounds like as a product manager you're kind of just the one that helps organization if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken yeah i think i think that that did get misconstrued as well because a lot of product managers felt like i was downplaying the work of a product manager you're just getting it from Which, all angles, it sounds like. I know. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, I was more so, I feel like, as the product manager, my job is to make sure that what we're working on is valuable, what we're working on is what the customer needs, it's actually going to solve a problem, resources are going to the most impactful places they can. Um, and with that, generally, a product manager is kind of the face of a team and the mouthpiece of a team to the rest of the company and customers. And so sometimes, which I couldn't do any of it without having the engineers actually building and the designer designing, right? And I also think that there's an element, there's a huge element that they would probably be working on less impactful things or have a little bit less direction if there wasn't a good product manager. But because I'm very aware that as a product manager, I'm generally the face of the team, I'm super sensitive to making sure that I'm not under the impression that I'm doing at all or that I'm like the the ring the, I don't know that I'm the I'm the leader that's leading and everyone else is replaceable because that's just not the case and so that was more what I was implying and that also got misconstrued but it was interesting how engineers had so much to say about that when I was I was hyping them up as they should be but yeah yeah no the people hear with whatever they want to hear apparently unfortunately, mm-hmm. in these situations especially. But um, was there anything positive that anybody had to say about the video? Tons. Tons of positive feedback. I think that's part of why it went so viral is it went very sexist, which then a lot of people felt the need. I think it sparked a lot of... The pendulum swung um, the other way probably a little bit. Yeah, sparked a lot of feeling. And a lot of women who have felt the same way that I mentioned before about just needing to like prove yourself and feeling this um, microaggressions that we all kind of hold. And... So that sparked the other side of the discussion. Tons of positive feedback, made tons of cool connections, had lots of people reaching out, offering to like interview me and hire me, which has been fun and cool to see. Yeah, because I I mean, my first thought was, was, am I hireable still? And so that was very comforting. Um, And so, yeah, lots of good feedback. I even had a few guys reach out saying, hey, I saw your video, I tweeted against it. And I've joined in with the making fun of you, and then I saw your responses, and I've since deleted my reaction, realized I made a flash judgment, and I'm so sorry. So that was cool. That is Just way knowing cool. That, like, yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, interesting. That's that's really cool. Um, and I was actually wondering, where had you did you do any follow up videos that kind of explained what you talked about just literally like five minutes ago about? I'm surprised that people's reaction was negative, whereas, like, it's, why don't you want to know more about what I do because this is a pretty dope life or whatever? Yeah, I actually didn't make one emphasizing that point, and I should have. Maybe I still should. Uh, but I did do follow-up videos saying, hey, for everyone saying product managers aren't, a, aren't like, a necessary job, here's my counter there and why I think it's important. And then also just a response to all the sexism. I made two videos, and so... Those did, there was one account who reposted my response video that did pretty well and got a lot of positive reinforcement, and so that was good to see and encouraging. No, that is, that's really good to see. That's glad. I'm glad to see that. Um, Okay, so now I'm curious. In your opinion, and like I said, 
this is probably fairly tough to answer because it's very much a hypothetical, but mm-hmm. how do you think, like, it would have been received or maybe the differences had it been, like, two dudes at the pool on their laptops just being like, this is what we do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, there is no right answer or wrong answer here. I'm genuinely, genuinely curious. Yeah. I thought about this a lot because I'm very, I never want to become a victim of something that I'm not a victim of, right? So I don't want to claim sexism if it's not really sexism. Um, and so this question has been heavy on my mind for this whole experience. And I think truly that even if people rolled their eyes at it, I don't believe that the video would have gone as viral um, because I don't believe it would have gotten as big of a reaction. I think people just would have looked at that and potentially thought, oh, this generation is like doesn't take their job seriously. People don't understand hard work anymore. Sure, I think they would have gotten some comments like that. I don't think they would have gotten the sexist comments, which then caused this to just chain, chain reaction. Um, so, yeah, I think there would have been some hate. I think there would have been a lot of, yeah, bro, way to grind, hustle culture, Yeah, work never stops. Yeah. I think they would have got a lot of that. I think there would have been some, oh, man, like this is nobody knows how to work these days. I'm sure there would have been some of that, but I don't think it would have had the same reaction. I don't think there would have been any sexism associated with that video. No, I, I, it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder what the equivalent is there. I, I, because I've seen, it's hard to say for sure, but I've seen those like guys on Twitter get nailed to the wall because they're like talking about their workout plan or whatever else, things like that. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting to see who comes to bat for them and who criticizes them the most. But at the end of the day, my opinion is you get the same people generally that have problems with this. that have any problems whatsoever with any of these things I actually think the same people that were throwing any amounts of shade towards you and that video are the same type of people that throw shade towards anybody not not to say that it wasn't targeted specifically I think what they look for is whatever low hanging fruit they can which is okay these two pretty girls by the pool like honestly having a pretty sweet life wishing something I could have I'm wishing I could be a part of that or something to whatever degree and so I'm just going to throw whatever I can at them. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. And so I just was mm-hmm. thinking about that, too, because there are – you kind of wonder, like, what what was it that was – was it specific? And I honestly think most of it has to do with the fact that you've got a huge following. You're a pretty girl with your there with your friend by the pool, loving life, seemingly in a good situation. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I was just thinking a lot about that. But what about you and kind of your – next steps forward i mean is tiktok something that you're going to keep leaning into heavily heavily or are you going to deviate branch off like what are you thinking what's next for yeah durbin malonester for durbin um i definitely will continue to post on tiktok i don't i i want to remain authentic so this definitely yeah i will definitely continue to post about work and tech um just because this has kind of awoken a little bit of uh, the feminist in me that says, I don't want girls to see this, how, what happened to me, and think, oh, I should never, I can't do it. Like, I'm not even going to try now, or I don't want that to happen to me. It's not worth uh, posting what I want to, you know? Because there, there is an element of TikTok Darby versus 
at work, Darby. Um, and I think the assumption is if you're only looking at my TikTok that I can't be both. And I want to kind of crush that. And I want people to feel like they can be their authentic selves at work and still be taken seriously if you're doing a good job. You know, if you're, if you're meeting your job requirements, you can, you can be whoever you are outside of work at work. It shouldn't be we put on our work voice. We put on our work persona. We hide we hide our hobbies, you know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely, that's kind of like awoken this. This whole experience has awoken a, the fighter in me that wants to combat that and make sure that I speak up for any girl or woman who might be shying away from the corporate world. Um, but I'll still be posting on TikTok just fun stuff with my roommate's friends, stuff that I enjoy, enjoy about my job. Um, so, yeah. I think that's really cool that you have that mission, that vision, so to speak, of just kind of, I want to kind of fight against whatever type of, you know, pe- what people may think is the norm and how it really isn't, and maybe jar the system a little bit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of thinking of a convergence, basically, between tech space, Darby, and TikTok, Darby, and how, like, those two worlds, they're really not two worlds. Like, this is your world. Mm-hmm. And you want to show yeah, people exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally Exactly, yeah. And there is, there is a gap just because we were talking about would there be the same response if two men posted the video. And I think there's two pieces of the hate I got. One is that I was a woman. The other is that I'm young. And I think if oh, two young men yeah. posted the video, they probably would get a lot of older men saying, ah, this generation is unemployable. That was one of the tweets I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also just bridging the gap between my generation and then the the old older generation and how work is viewed and the old-fashioned mindsets of how no you work in the office from nine to five and that's just not the reality anymore and so I think you know a lot of a lot of my coworkers don't even really understand what TikTok is and look at it as like a child's app um so yeah that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm going next is this is we you can be good at your job and you can have fun outside of work and you can take a break and go do something fun and work later in the afternoon if your job allows it. Um, and I just want everyone to be respected for the work they put out, not necessarily judgments placed on them. Yeah. I mean, and if I, I don't know how COVID, I mean, COVID seems to have streamlined that, but it seems like it's still taking longer than most people want to adapt. Like it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe it's a bunch of people that have investments in commercial real estate that are ticked off more than anything because they're like, this is why I'm losing money. Got two girls in the yeah. pool. Well, they should be in the office yep. just because it exists and I own a piece of it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah there's just a lot of there's a lot of angry people out there. But Okay, um, as we wrap up here, uh, which, by the way, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, yeah. I, I think this Thanks whole situation is fascinating to me. I do have to ask you, and I, 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 it's really cool about your goals on the TikTok, but I want to ask you two questions, and I think, yeah, okay, so I know which one I want to take, ask second. Um, the first one is, what has TikTok accomplished for you? Like, what have you, like, has it, what has it brought to you in terms of just benefit, pleasure, whatever else? Like, it can be anything. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, because I really honestly yeah. don't know much about TikTok. But what have you looked back yeah. at and been like, holy cow, like, if it weren't for TikTok, like that would have never happened or whatever. I've I've definitely met a lot of a lot of people. I have like internet friends that I would never have, right? Um, mm. Sorry if you so can hear my dog barking. Of, by the way, what, we'll oh, just roll fine. with it. <laughs> it's it's uh, brought me a lot of connections, 
new new uh, introductions. Um, and then I also think, I mean, I'm here on this podcast because of TikTok, right? I don't know that my video would have gotten picked up by a Twitter account if I didn't have the following I have. And then it's also kind of innate. It, it's funny. It's freed me while also restricting me at the same time. It's freed me to feel like, oh, I... I love having a digital journal and I love my life and it is kind of fun seeing that other people might find my life interesting as well and it's kind of freed me to want to post whatever I want and not be like, oh, I should make a TikTok that I hope none of my friends see. It's more, oh no, this is something to be proud of. But then it also, as I've gotten bigger, I have found that I'm like, oh, do I really want to post this video? There's so many people that follow me now. So yeah. Uh, And then also just free stuff. That's been fun. No one sent me free stuff before. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, go figure. What's the coolest Mm -hmm. free thing you've received? I just got a really nice leather bag. And then I also have been loving this water bottle lately. And and now I'm going to be working with them. So that's like crazy. No way. So you're like straight up have a sponsor and all that stuff. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Uh, So the next question is, have you seen, and this is maybe something, maybe, I'm very curious to get your viewpoint on this. I'm assuming I might know at least part of it. So if it is what I think it is, you can then maybe try and convince me to lighten up a little bit about this. Okay. Have you seen the TikTok missionaries? No. You haven't seen any of those? There's like LDS missionaries on TikTok? Oh, tons of them. Have you not seen any of them? I haven't seen any of those. Oh my goodness. This turned out to be a way better question than I thought. I'm, I'm glad I get to like tell you about this. There are missionaries yeah. that utilize to, like, there's one in particular that I think gets a lot of traction because he's like a really good dancer. And I think he's in New York, mm-hmm. or at least was. I mean, this was a while ago that I saw it, like a year ago. And they're sitting there, he's like sitting there in Times Square, like doing dances in his missionary gear with his companion. And they're like talking about the Book of Mormon and stuff like that. And I'll tell you right now, I hated it. I was like, what is going on? I, I served a mission. I don't know if you did, but I served a I mission. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I understand that, like, there's totally an avenue here where it's people being like, oh, my gosh, it's just that old, outdated curmudgeon and his antiquated mm-hmm. thoughts and ideas. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know what this accomplishes. Like, I'm sure it could bring whoops, I'm sure it could bring some people to the church and an exposure that previously maybe would not like they were not super aware of. But I can't imagine that it could be way more of a distraction than it would be. An, uh, kind of a medium or a tool to get more people introduced to the church. I don't know. You haven't seen anything. That's yeah. fascinating to me. I haven't. I'm going to go look. I feel like I need to look at it before I make any strong, like, share any opinions I have. But uh, I definitely I definitely think if I'm going to preach, I want to be accepted, you know, for who I am outside of work and at work. I think it would depend on, you know, how much is TikTok for the missionaries a distraction or is it they literally just film the videos and post and then you know what i mean like sure. what are yeah. they still I don't know enough either. are they still providing the work they've set out to do because if they are then i mean that's the whole mission i just stated is dear to my heart yeah so yeah that's really interesting i'm gonna have to go look at these yeah take and, a look at that watch I, them. i'm not even sure you could find it but like i've seen people because like tiktok and instagram there's a lot of like crossover there i feel like and stuff. yeah the reels instagram yeah. just copies every other yeah, exactly. social media platform <laughs> exactly um because one of the videos that i ended up making and throwing out there was uh those missionaries doing the dance and then it cuts to 
I don't know if you remember this talk. It's it's Elder Uchtdorf, and uh, he's like, I just have two words for those that are thinking along these lines. I can't remember what he's saying in his talk. And so it shows the missionaries dancing, and then it cuts to Elder Uchtdorf, and he goes, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> With his talk about, like, gossiping. Yes, and I think it was a, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's so that, really funny. I felt good about that one. That one, uh, that one got some nice traction here and there, but... You know, they do say, though, that all, all PR is good PR, and it's getting people, if people are talking about it. Good point. You know, I don't know. I think, I think haters bring, bring defenders as well, so. There's, there's a lot of yeah. truth to that, and so, and that, here we, here we come full circle in your own journey. Like, that's, you, you got a lot of defenders you didn't know you had. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm one of them. I, if, seriously, if I had an employee like you, I'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Like, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, that... Do not care whatsoever. Like she does good work. That's it. That's the bottom line. But so you'll yeah. have those defenders. Which, which has been my case at work still. So that's the good thing. And hopefully all the and one one last thing is all the hate usually comes from the people hiding behind a fake a fake username of no profile picture so i'd love to see people say this to my face Mm. and and really come forward and see it and see that's when i'll take it to heart if someone's telling me my face with their name attached to it true uh, sexist or just like rude opinions of me but yeah that may hurt a little bit more talk all day yeah it doesn't validate (laughs) it anymore i mean obviously and i think you know that but like just to clarify like just because somebody would say it to your face doesn't mean it get any more true but you're right about that that most of this is because they're behind a keyboard and I actually mm-hmm. that's something I wanted to study back in my master's program um, it was going to be really hard because there's not a lot of theories surrounding it but the idea that there would be people that would say something to you behind a device that they would never say to your face because mm-hmm. that's everybody knows about that but like what would the theory be tied to and what could you then create kind of this construct that would be part of that foundation of that theory or an offshoot of it at least and so i've thought about this for a while it was no joke it was close to 10 years ago um and it's true you're experiencing that right now because 98 percent of those people wouldn't have said it to your face i think there's no question about that. yeah and the people that have said it to my face are the people that are quickly apologizing after seeing the follow-up because they're realizing their names attached to something they no longer stand by right so yeah for sure it's interesting well uh, Durbin Malonester, keep fighting the good fight. Seriously, we're rooting for you. It's going to be fun to see kind of where you head. And I think you've already got the right mindset of heading where you want to head and and uh, kind of being outspoken and being like, hey, like, this is who I am. Like, this is, this is not just who I am. Like, I actually represent a large portion of millennials now. I don't know if you qualify for millennial, but you're right around there. So I do, yeah. There you go. I actually don't know how old you are, and I'm, I don't dare ask. That's something I learned a long time ago. I'll be 27 next month, oh, couple weeks. Go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely a millennial. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Darby, great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time once again. We wish you the best, Thanks, as always. Thank you. This has been great. been fun. Alrighty, likewise. We'll talk to you later. See ya. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation that i had with darby i certainly did obviously um love that it was uh thrown my way love that i had that opportunity so uh shout out to sean as well for giving me that opportunity kind of making that happen all right so let's talk mount whitney now there's a few things i want to cover here because 
uh, for those that follow my Instagram, they saw that I was very open about, you know, how physically taxing that was. And that's nothing new under the sun. Mount Whitney is the tallest peak in the contiguous uh, United States, which means, you know, the 48 states that are connected. And one thing that I thought was really cool is that as we were driving to it Thursday, uh, kind of Thursday evening, we drove right through Death Valley. And if those, for those of you that are familiar with Death Valley, that is the lowest point in uh, in the United States. It's below sea level. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, that's kind of crazy that like in order to get to the highest point, you got to go through the lowest point in the United States. So kind of thought that was cool. So I posted about that. But anyway, uh, not sure what analogies of life that would entail, but I think just almost all of them. So there's that. But uh, I wanted to talk about kind of just some of the things that I experienced and I'm, I'm still processing a lot of this, but, uh, kind of talk about the craziness of it all. So Mount Whitney. So one thing I do need to highlight, and it becomes kind of a theme of this whole thought process that I've gone through since I've ruminated about this a little, a little bit more, which was that, you know, we, preparation is everything. And I'm not trying to make this like gospel related or anything, which I know I like to do that sometimes, but in this case, in this context, preparation really is everything. I was so fortunate that I took the gloves that I took. I took my ski gloves. My hands get cold easily hiking like Bell Canyon Falls. Like it's just like pretty lame. Like it's not a lame hike. It's fun. It's it's not the easiest hike, but it's also not very hard. And my hands get cold doing that. Like if the sun's going down by the time I'm coming home. So I was like, well, there's, I'm definitely going to do that with you know, going to the highest peak in the United States, it's going to be cold. I looked up the weather before too, and it said it was 22. It was going to be 22 around the time we summited, which was going to be about afternoon. And 22 with 50 plus mile an hour winds. I saw that. I saw that on the weather. And for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I was thinking like, oh yeah, we'll just get to the summit, but then go down. Like we must stay there long and it'll get warm immediately. Of course, that's not the case. I don't know why I just glossed over that in my head. It was really, really strange of me to do that. Like, and for whatever reason, I mean, Shane, my buddy, shout out to Shane for the invite, by the way. Um, he, like, he invited me. He's like, hey, we should do this. And it was like maybe three weeks out from when they were going to do it. And I was like, huh, I don't know. And I like really didn't have time to think about it a whole lot. I definitely went in kind of watching some videos and doing some prep work, just kind of thinking like, what do I need? Like hiking poles was a must, like great hiking shoes, which I already have. So I have some on clouds that I rock, some trail running shoes. Um just like the right clothing, I had some good joggers to wear, things like that. And But I don't know if I could have prepared mentally for this because one of the things we experienced was that once we got, but by the way, on our way up there, like the weather is just gradually dropping. It's gradually getting windier and windier as we're going higher. We're pretty good spirits. Like we're thinking like we're not going to break. Like this is awesome. Like we're going to make it to the summit. There's no question we're going to do it. We get up to the 99 switchbacks. Now, the 99 switchbacks take place. It's the steepest, one of the steepest parts of the hike. And it happens like right after you get to the base camp. And the base camp is about still 2,500 feet out. Uh, Escalation-wise, what do I mean? Elevation-wise, sorry. Elevation-wise. And you get to base camp. Then you go up to the steep part. And I'm still feeling pretty good. It's definitely getting windier. It's definitely getting colder. And as we're going up, the 99 switchbacks, I... There people people start turning back and we don't actually see them turn back we just ask them like oh how was the summit people we knew 
that were ahead of us definitely turned back and they're like we're not doing it we're hearing that the wind is too crazy that 70 mile hour winds up there and it's just not worth it we start asking more people how was the summit and they're like oh we didn't go we didn't go it's it's too dangerous up there apparently or whatever and so we're thinking like well we're literally like at this point three miles out like how can we not summit and you know we we were okay like i had a jacket that shane brought for me or that he he gave to me to take with me which i was happy about i i wasn't i don't know if i was planning on taking a jacket but my goodness was i glad that i did i can't believe i didn't even think about that or at least not that deeply about it but i we we get up to after the 99 switchbacks where we go on the other side of the mountain which they call the crest and when you hike the crest you got about two more miles to go and another thousand elevation to gain. So you're about 13.5 at this point. You're also fighting elevation, altitude sickness potentially. So we had oxygen canisters with us. They seem to help. I'm not positive. My buddy Tyler, who's one of my longest lifelong friends, um, he did not take any oxygen on purpose. He wanted to see if he could do it. He seemed to handle it just fine. Um, but we just kind of truck it through we're like well we're gonna go so let's do this and it got gradually worse and worse and worse on the way to the summit it wasn't until we really got to the summit where it was like oh my gosh this is actually terrible the wind as i'm on my way to the shack the wind starts just blowing me every which way on the trail i thought maybe i even lost the trail at some point on the way up but it's kind of like there's only one way to go so you just keep going and eventually i see the shack and i'm like okay that's it i get to the shack I don't stop at the shack because I'm like, I got to go to the highest point. I'm just going to get that over with. I was already, I was waiting for my buddies. I got there first. I was waiting for the other three and um, I go to the highest point just to see it. I don't even take a picture. I don't want to move. I don't want to take my gloves off. It's so cold and it is so windy. And apparently with with about 22 degrees and about oh anything over 40 degrees of wind is going to, the wind chill is fixed at that point. And what it was for me was they, they said it was going to be in the negative 20s with that wind chill. Well, that's the calculation at least. So it's negative 20s up there is what it feels like. I go back to the shack as I'm waiting for these people. I'm trying to like, I'm like, is this like, it should be warmer, right? Well, it felt warmer immediately. I was there. I met a guy named David. Nice guy. He was doing the Pacific Coast Trail, I think is what it's called, which is you know, Mount Whitney is an offshoot of that, but that trail goes from Mexico to Canada. Pretty intense stuff. Really nice guy. Lives just outside of Philadelphia. Like talking to him while we were chilling for a bit. As I'm sitting there, I realize I'm actually getting colder in this shack. As my the, my group starts to appear, I'm starting to think here. I can't wait here long. I can't like this. If I'm getting colder here, the only way to warm up is by moving. We gotta move. So. There's another side of the shack that we didn't even really try because the door wasn't really opening that well and there were people in it. But apparently, I didn't learn this till later, that it was warmer on that side at least, whatever. Warmer is all relative because it's still not warm. By the way, there's huge snow mounds in the shack. And there were like little stones that you could sit on if you were if there was nowhere else to sit. And so Tyler and Walt, who got us the permits, who's Shane's friend from North Carolina, great guy, they sat on the snow mound on these stones my feet are getting cold. Everything's getting cold. Shane comes in and he's just like, I've never been this cold before in my life. It was the hardest physical experience I've ever gone through. And it was crazy because the only way to get out of it was to just keep moving forward, to just get through it. And I prayed so many times, 
leaving that summit on the way to the summit and leaving the summit just like please 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 stop the wind or please let the wind calm down please have it calm down and it was funny because I started to reflect on it more and you know I'm sitting there thinking like well clearly my prayers aren't being answered and it's like well is it a lack of faith well I'm not sure if it's a lack of faith I don't think that's generally been a problem for me fortunately but what I do think is that it was a lack of processing what the preparation was that I had to do I saw what the weather was. I saw what the wind was going to be. And I'll tell you what, it felt like 70 mile an hour winds. I'd never really been in that before, but it's the craziest wind I've ever been in. It felt like that. It felt that bad. And I'm telling you about this because what, like, who am I to see what was in store for us and then try to change God's will, so to speak, or God's timing? And that's what I've reflected on recently a lot. It's just kind of like, what? why would I ever think that I know better for me in that situation? And clearly, like God's saying, well, you chose to be here, so you should probably try and get yourself out as well. And he's not saying that callously. I didn't feel like that at least. But definitely there was that element of, why would you know what you were getting into and then pray to try and change it? And I thought, there's a lesson there. There's definitely a lesson there. There's a lesson somewhere else too. As we're coming down, we're coming back down the other side of the 99 switchbacks. And we see these people, these two guys, these two men helping this woman, this older woman come down the hill. They're like kind of holding her. And we're just like, what is what is happening? Is she injured? What's going on? Well, apparently she was going blind. We don't know if it was related to altitude. We don't know. Maybe she was a diabetic. We have zero clue. And one of the guys was Finnish that was helping her. We think he was Finnish. He was some European accent, um, very heavy. And another guy was just a good Samaritan helping her. And we don't know what was going on, but we asked him. And it's like, yeah, she's, she's losing. She's lost her sight. And we're like, well, what do we do? And, I'm, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I've been reflecting on a lot, too, is that in that moment, I was pretty glad that those two guys were there helping her because I didn't want to. I, if I'm being honest, I did not want to stop because I'm like, I'm watching out for myself. At this point, I'm not even positive we're going to make it back at this point. So... I can't, I don't even know how to help her. Nobody had a radio. Nobody had a satellite phone. We didn't know what we were going to do. So one of the guys that like the first initial guy that was helping her just kind of like was staying with her and they're just trying to get warm. And the other guy, the European guy was like, well, I'm going to go downhill. Like we, we got to do something. Nobody has a radio or anything. We can go to the base camp. It's just a, uh, like another thousand foot down, thousand feet down. And we can maybe try and see if somebody has a radio there. Well, he's trucking it to the point where he's like, I'm just going to pass you guys and I'm going to keep going. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll try and help. But like, we don't know what more we can do. That guy makes it down to base camp. And I think he just kept going because we actually ran into some hikers on the way that they weren't coming up to us necessarily. They were going to a different little camp spot. Because another thing too, by the way, when we came down from the summit, everybody at base camp was gone. Like the weather was too crazy. They weren't staying there anymore. There were no other hikers around. By the time we got to base camp, it basically was just us. We were barely seeing anybody, and nobody was coming up. Now, part of that might have been because it was late, but the weather was played a huge factor. So that just illustrates a little bit more of what that was like. Um, anyway, so I just think that was interesting that I got to see that this interesting side of myself where there's this woman that clearly needed help. She was getting it. And the only thing I can say is that if it was just me and just her, of course I'd help her. I'm not sure how, but of course I would not just leave her. There's no way. But it did make me think, what's the threshold? Where is my limit? When am I like, like, obviously like being Christ-like is what fits into this. So 
I can be Christ-like, but to what point or to what cost? I'm not sure if I know the answer immediately. I'm not sure if I'll ever know the answer, but it's something I've been reflecting on because, like I said, it felt like to some degree we were in dire straits. It was the worst, like most physically taxing thing I've ever experienced. And I'm thinking, well, okay, so I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to be helpful in these moments. I'm not going to try and be of service to others. But like I said, there wasn't much we could do. And there was already a, a man helping her. So there was a situation where at least we were, we didn't have much more we could do to contribute. We gave them oxygen. We gave them our oxygen canisters. But then I was talking about it with my buddy Tyler on the way back. And he's like, well, one of the things you could do is that you could prepare for the future just in case that happens again. And I think that was a good lesson. It was kind of thinking like, maybe we should think about if we're in a terrible situation, what's going to make it lighter for us in order to help others that are in even worse situation. Cause obviously if that was somebody I knew that was losing their sight down a mountain, I would really, really hope somebody would try and help them. Anyway, those are some things I reflected on. We made it back after 17 hours, which I think was on the longer side. We got held up, um, just trying to like keep everybody, uh, together for the most part. And I'll tell you the last four miles when you're coming down that mountain are the hardest. There's no question because your body feels broken. Um, I kind of pulled my groin about three miles in. So for the next, no joke, 19 miles is just getting worse and worse and worse. I was just glad it wasn't a cramp. But by the time I was done, I could barely move my leg in some directions. Like if I were to move my right leg, that was the groin that I pulled. If I were to move it to the right, it was excruciating pain. Like I couldn't even get into my car without just wincing and making a noise because I'm a little girl when it comes to these things, I guess. But anyway, wanted to share that with y'all. I hope that was somewhat entertaining. I hope it was of value. That kind of goes in line with the gospel thought. Is just kind of, you know, if we're going to go in trying to prepare ourselves, why would we ever try and change God's will if we already know somewhat of the circumstances that we're putting ourselves in? I think maybe we can call upon God's will to maybe affect the situation we're in when we did not willingly put ourselves in that situation so that's something to think about with that said i will go ahead and finish it up here love y'all hope that was helpful hope you enjoyed the conversation i had with darby uh coming down the line i think we've got some good episodes in the hopper and we'll go from there have a good week we'll catch y'all next week there must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I If it takes time